Hello guys, welcome to this podcast Everyday Talkies which ironically does not come out daily. I am Anshul and I talk about random things to random people, majorly about life, perspectives and thinking process. It's like an interview or let's say more of a conversation with one or two guests about random topics that interest us. To be really honest, it's just a way to reduce my inhibitions in talking to people. So, come join me and enjoy. Hello guys, welcome to the new episode of Everyday Talkies or this was Review Corner. Yeah, it's the place where we talk about stuff. Yes, there was a nice line which you mentioned, right? Nameless animal thing. Uh, I'm going to put it as a tagline no. for this series. Sure. Cool. So, we have Pushkar as you have already heard and uh, we'll not yeah. uh, waste too much time like the previous episodes talking about nonsense shit before jumping into the real <laughs> review section. But uh, what are we reviewing today? We are reviewing the first live action Star Wars television series called The Mandalorian. Yes, The Mandalorian. So, I don't know whether it's uh, season 1, season 2 and because season 2 just ended so we thought of doing this. I guess what we'll be talking about is basically mixture of both. I, I don't think so we can just talk about season 2 without talking about season 1. Yeah, we'll just talk about everything. Yeah, so basically the whole of Mandalorian and well, and Star Wars in general, how it has shaped up. Let's see, I don't want this podcast to go on for two hours long. There are podcasts dedicated just to talk about Star Wars and we have to sum it up all in just one episode. I don't know how much we will be able to do it. It makes those other podcasts look like uh, they're so inefficient, you know, they need a whole <laughs> podcast, like hundreds of episodes. We can just do it in like 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah, makes sense. But let's start with season 2 because season 2 was the most recent and uh, oh yeah, first of all, to you know, mention it to everybody, you can watch it on Disney Plus Hotstar, right? Yeah, so a little bit of background on this. This was apparently uh, a long time in the making since like 2009 uh, and like George Lucas wanted to make a Star Wars television series called Underworld which was supposed to deal with basically more or less the same thing Mandalorian is dealing with. Basically the underworld of the Star Wars universe. Although what that would be, I don't know. And uh, since then it has been had been in development and then you had like John Favreau come in and Dave Filoni and Favreau was like, uh, you know, I fix everything I touch, so why not fix Star Wars? And he was like, okay, sure, I'll write like, you know, he was simultaneously directing the new Lion King movie while writing uh, the Mandalorian. And with Dave Filoni's help, they gathered up like this amazing team and it's it's so ridiculous to think of because um, the first season aired last year December right and the second season has now uh, finished airing so their production time on this thing like from 2018 to 2020 they've already done two seasons that are like uh, 16 episodes which are which each could be its own movie so you know to think of like the turnover time on this uh, show it's ridiculous like, it, I, I can't imagine how hard Everybody, everyone must be working. Yeah, and they have used some new tech, new ways of shooting given the lockdown parameters and as yeah, well yeah. as uh, the whole post-production seeing the CGI aspects. There's so many nuances that, uh, again, that is why there are dedicated podcasts on this rather than just a quick 40-minute episode. Yeah, but uh, what we will bring to the thing is like what we, how we felt about it. So, before jumping into the whole technical aspect, uh, let's start with, uh, like, tell me about your uh, journey with Star Wars and how it started and what you feel about it generally and how it led to the Mandalorian. Because see, like, uh, as it turns out, you have seen more Star Wars than me. What is it? Yeah. How come? I've never seen the prequels, though. Okay, so you're, I'm the expert here, but I'm sure Pushkar will know more about this rather than me. Because, uh, oh, I, uh, you know how I am a stickler for timelines. 
and uh, yeah. i just want everything organized and star wars the release dates uh, it just screwed me over but yeah uh, i star wars again recommendation by pushkar i delayed it for quite some years and well when there was no more star trek and there was a void in my life i had to fill it with another sci-fi show and you watched the orville yeah i watched the orville and even that ran out then you were like finally okay <laughs> yeah let's jump into star wars it's it's, it's such a huge cult following i think it's bigger than uh, trek also Like in terms of fandom, it's I don't know. It's way bigger than Trek, dude. Like Star Wars is a religion at this point. It's 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 a not a like a good religion. It's more like a cult type religion. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you have to be like constantly dodging, you know, Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. So that is why I wanted to at least see what is it all about. And obviously, it is a way it's a way different show than Trek. Obviously, and I liked it. It's not like I did not like it. It's a good sci-fi show with a good enough theme. And um, you already know my initial impressions after I watched through the entire movie series. <laughs> that was the most hilarious joke. Uh, I mean, when you watch all the things, then you just texted me that long ass text, like, "What is happening? Everybody is related to everybody. Nobody dies in these things." This is like Sars when I was like, like I hadn't realized until then, but that was that is such an accurate um, comparison because it is it is more or less a Sars Bahu show. But instead of you know Sars and Bahu, it's more like uh, Skywalker family. That's it. Yeah, whiny emo guys. Who are just like you know constantly bitching about everything. Yeah, and um, again, I also had a debate, you know, on how to watch it, and there were numerous recommendations. Watch it serially, and you recommended that don't watch the prequels, and I was like, "Ki, let me jump into this from a perspective of somebody who was born in the nineteen, you know, fifties or sixties, whenever the first movie was released." So I watched it from that perspective that as and when it released, I'll watch according to the release dates. As simple as that. I mean, that is, I think, the best way to watch it because. Um, If you watch it in like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, it doesn't really line up because like there's no uh, extra uh, what do you say enjoyment you get from watching one, two, three, four, five. If anything, it's like you have more questions because yeah. uh, from what I've heard, actually, like I could never make it through the uh, first three, like the prequels. Yeah, it was. I understand why people hate on it, and uh, but yeah, it's okay. Like I want, I wanted to be full set. I wanted to know end to end what's happening, and. Um, Well, I I have to give kudos to this one website which uh, uh, has you know I would say helped me throughout watching this whole series is uh, there's a collider link which I'll probably link it down. It basically gives the entire timeline of the whole Star Wars series. Like there are two or three timelines. One is based on the critical events, and another one is where exactly is the movie set in which timeline. And uh, right. the, the no, because apparently they have their whole they have a whole like uh, DC and AD of the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, A B Y B B Y. It's like after Battle of Yavin yeah. and before Battle of Yavin. So wow, talking too much, talking too much nowadays. Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> It's weird because uh, I've seen Star Wars on a very like uh, in in like parts, but like uh, you know in all the episodes I've seen, uh, and there there have been like big intervals between all the episodes. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like each time I watched a new movie of theirs, especially the old ones, I was like, this is fine. It's it's. It's a children's movie, dude. Like, oh yeah. So my okay, my basic point was that um, with all the movies and everything aside, like whatever we feel about it, I think we can both agree that the Mandalorian is a very different show, and it is like probably the best thing Star Wars has ever given us. Done. Absolutely, no contention there. Hundred percent. I was reading through some uh, tweets and um, reviews here and there, and people are saying this is a resurgence of Star Wars, you know, because of the huge Mandalorian success, and you know, Disney has announced like what seven, eight shows. Yeah, dude, it's ridiculous. And I want to talk about that too, but. Get to that later. Yeah, but I I saw one person tweet, and I think I related to that tweet a bit more. Was that Star Wars is dead? It's just that this is just a small, you know, uptick in their whole series, 
uh, but it was not worth Disney taking a decision of releasing nine more shows. I mean, yeah, we can we can uh, definitely talk about it because uh, that's what I wanted to. Because see, the Mandalorian being as good as it is, there's like so many moving parts to it. So uh, basically, the background of the show is Star Wars has always been influenced by uh, a lot of uh, Japanese uh, movies, you know, especially like uh, Kurosawa and his, you know, Seven Samurai and uh, Yojimbo and all that. Uh, the biggest inspiration is probably the first Star Wars movie is more or less the same plot as uh, this uh, movie called Hidden Fortress, and it's like Hidden Fortress is obviously better. It's Kurosawa; you can't beat that. But anyway. But since then, you know, um, Star Wars has always followed this pattern of either being um, inspired by, you know, Japanese samurai movies or, uh, you know, Japanese movies or uh, westerns, which is kind of interlinked because westerns were also um, inspired by samurai movies in a way, and some, uh, you know, samurai movies later were inspired by westerns. It's a whole uh, interlinked thing, basically. But The Mandalorian is so good, I think, because it takes a lot of different things and it um, combines them together very well. So uh, the basic premise of The Mandalorian, with like him and you know. Baby Yoda and uh, them, you know, basically going through the Star Wars universe uh, one adventure at a time. That is uh, more or less the same format as this uh, Japanese manga series called uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, which is about a lone samurai who finds a baby, and uh, they basically go on adventures throughout Japan. So it's more or less that. And then you have uh, a lot of Western influence with, uh, you know, stuff like Sam Peckinpah movies, like The Wild Bunch and everything. Like even in the first episode with the, you know, that big ass uh, machine gun. That he uses and everything—that's more or less the same thing from the Wild One. So it has a lot of inspirations in uh, westerns and in uh, you know Japanese movies, as like the original Star Wars did, and it melds it like melds it together perfectly. Upon that, you have obviously like John Favreau writing. You have uh, you know Dave Filoni overseeing everything. You have all these uh, you know big name directors that they get for like each episode. You know you have like Peyton Reed, you have Taika Waititi, you have uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. All these people coming in to direct like one or two episodes, you know. Uh, and oh, upon that you have like proper movie cinematographers like uh, you know the guy who did Rogue One. And then for music you get like Ludwig Göransson, who is probably like the biggest. Uh, you know, I talked about him in the Tenet, uh, yeah, but yeah. he's kind of my favorite musician, like composer right now. So they got him, and so all these elements that are like on their own, they are like great elements, and they are mixed together in such a way that it uh, it creates a great show, you know. And uh, After, like that's why I think the Mandalorian works so well, and uh, it's like that show. If you're watching it in the first episode, there is like there is a point where it kind of uh, you know balances itself on a whole serious and silly kind of a thing. And if you're into that, then you will absolutely love the show. But if you're not into that, you will find it boring. So that is all that works with the Mandalorian. And you know, you you said that Disney has uh, greenlit all these new seven eight shows. So my biggest thing is. You have all these components that were needed to make Mandalorian great. How are you going to replicate that for like seven other shows? Where are you going to get the talent and the people and the inspiration to, you know, make a show that is as good as the Mandalorian? Even with that, I think this is the first show which was not heavy Jedi oriented. I mean, it, at least on the first season. Yeah, and even in the second season, I would say that yeah, they're looking for the Jedi, and then there is the last episode spoiler. And uh, I like the second season a lot. I mean, it's still miles better than most television that came out this year. But there is something about you know the whole ending of season two. Uh, it's like the Mandalorian could be dead, and it's not. It would not matter. He plays more or less no part in the ending of the thing, other than 
saying goodbye to Baby Yoda. That is true. Spoiler alert! Wait, 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 wait. Star Wars fans will get on our throats if we don't say that. But if you're listening to this, then I think you have watched Mandalorian. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and by the time this releases, I think everybody must have would have seen season two. Yeah. And if you haven't, like, just watch it already. But yeah, it's like the ending of season two, as fun as it was, as good as it was. I think it was um, unnecessary in a way because you had all this great setup with uh, Mando gets the dark saber and then you have like um, Bo Katan with whom there's this like now rivalry kind of a thing. But then you get all these um, dark troopers and uh, they have to get together to defeat the tra- dark troopers. Now it's yep. like it's fine that you get like Luke Skywalker to come in and you know basically single-handedly just clean out the entire thing. But I would have liked to have something more like all these great characters that you have in the show, all these Mandalorians. They basically do nothing. They basically, I think, wanted to rep. Basically, Disney is making it right. So and I think they wanted to replicate this whole um, cameo thing, which got popular with Avenger series, right? Where at the end of the movies, you see one main character coming in and saving the day and all of that. But here, when we got so uh, attached or so in love with the main character, the Mandalorian, and uh, how he was such a badass, and you know, and him balancing his duty towards Baby Yoda or Grogu now, and um, him being a bounty hunter and his entire journey was so amazing that you did not need a last moment Jedi to save all of them. Yeah, and that's the I think the great aspect about this show. Like, I want more episodes that are focused. Like, you know, uh, I saw a lot of people complaining on Twitter about uh, there were episodes in between that were supposedly filler episodes that did not move the plot forward or whatever like the spider episode and the uh, seventh episode with Bill Burr you know but I was like that, those are the episodes that I like because it's just like it's in the moment storytelling you know it's like how how is the Mandalorian and uh, Grogu how are they going to get out of this situation and that is what I think is the most appealing thing not this whole overarching thing that leads back to you know Skywalkers I mean, like, exactly. I'm done with Skywalkers too like they were not as interesting to begin with and I'll tell you, my, one of my favorite episodes was again one of these filler episodes where they were battling the, uh, the Kriot Dragon. Or oh yeah, the Kriot Dragon. The Kriot that dragon. was amazing. Like, it somewhere reminded me of, I don't know why I always jump back to Dreg because I think that is like a model show to me now. At least uh, TNG references where you have this world building and you have the Star Wars universe. But then there is one character which has an overarching plot of, you know, delivering Grogu to one of the Jedi's or whatever that is. But then you have this nice journey where you uh, explore more of the world. You interact with new characters. You have new missions, you know. So it's basically like I could compare this to a side mission in our uh, in a in a good game, you could say, which are far more interesting than the main boss villain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, that is true. And yeah, that's the thing. Like the Mandalorian, in many ways, is more or less um, like it could be a Star Trek show, like something, like it could be like a Klingon show, like a Klingon, you know, uh, going around the galaxy. He's not part of the Federation or the Klingon Empire. He's just moving around and he finds like a, a baby Andorian or something, and they just. Uh, Hang around the galaxy, you know, dealing with all these uh, Orion Empire, Orion uh, slave. What is that called? Orion uh, Syndicate, Syndicate and uh, yeah, Orion Syndicate and the Caliban and whatever. So it, it is very much in the vein of Star Trek in that whole episodic um, series, like episodic structure. And that's what I really gravitated towards, you know, like seeing new characters, seeing seeing these new creatures, and uh, you know how the Mandalorian solves this crisis that he's in right now, instead of uh, something that's more like overarching and we need this uh, baby Yoda's blood for like making some clones and whatnot, whatever that is. Let's, okay, let's jump into the main Mandalorian part. If I had to ask you, I, from what I can understand, season, your favorite season were more than season 2, right? I mean, it's hard to tell because season 2 has some really good episodes. Like, mm-hmm. season 2 episode 1 is, I think, the high point of the show. Okay. Yeah, like, in that it is, it is perfection because it's like uh, almost an hour long. It has nothing to do with uh, any of the, you know, overarching stories. It's literally just uh, Mando and Baby Yoda in a desert. They, co- they come into this town. They come across the sheriff, 
and uh, you know there's a problem plaguing the sheriff and then you also have the sad people and mando basically helps he basically becomes john luke picard and uh, helps you know these two uh, tribes of people come together to defeat a common uh, enemy and that is i think just like peak mandalorian for me after that it's just okay like all the episodes rest of them are very good like episode 7 of season 2 especially was i think my second favorite but you know there's just like the first episode of season 2 is in itself like a western you know and not like it's the kind of uh, like if you count it as like a one hour movie it's the kind of movie that we don't get anymore it's very you know 1950s western and I, like but with you know sci-fi stuff and that's why i think it's i love it it's absolutely my favorite yeah and um, i was reading through it uh, i think this was the fifth episode in season 2 where they meet the first jedi uh, ashoka tano or something yeah she's in one of the animated series she's in clone wars and rebels and yeah. again it's like i tried watching clone wars but it's just it's set in the prequel era and all i just i could i don't know what it is i just couldn't watch it yeah even i have not watched those i think um, the animated shows i have not touched one of them uh, and there's one movie which i still have to watch that is the uh, han solo movie so i mean you can watch it or skip it it's nothing like it's fun yeah but you know just for the sake of completion i'd probably do that but okay let's focusing only on the season 2 of or the mandalorian which character apart from obviously the mandalorian and grogu probably uh, was your favorite i think frog lady probably frog lady was op you know she was like frog uh, lady Yeah, bro. In the second and third episode. Wait. <laughs> okay, I think I think I think I just broke action. <laughs> Wait, who's the frog? <laughs> Is it the lady who repairs uh, the ship for Mando? Yeah, the lady with the eggs, who's like the eggs that baby Yoda keeps. Oh yes, he's oh not the repair. So basically, the traveler, the one who basically hikes on Mando's ship. Uh, <laughs> So it was like uh, I would have I would have much preferred if uh, in the last episode the you know lone X fighter comes and you see this hooded figure and then the hooded figure turns back and it's frog lady. <laughs> But it was such a wholesome character. I would like that is seriously true. And you know there was this inner feeling that I think they are going to kill her. They are going to kill her. They are going to kill her. And I was going to be so mad. But then at the ah, end, I know. Oh, right. It's like frog lady. Like she's such a self-sufficient character. Like she carries a small gun for her like own protection. She can hop everywhere. She's also technically uh, completely uh, a technical genius. She repaired. She basically uses the uh, robot from season one episode six as a translator and also like uh, completely burns uh, Mando because she's like. Uh, I thought you were going to help me, and it's like maybe uh, it's just like the Mandalorian code is just stories that you tell children and all that. And I don't know, I just love the whole vibe of Frog uh, Lady. I think more realistically, <laughs> uh, my answer would probably be, I think it's uh, Cobb Vanth from Episode One, mostly because he gets a lot of screen time. Uh. Um, yeah, and he, I like his whole story, how he comes across the armor. He, you know, uh, uh, frees his whole uh, town and then uh, works with Mando to. Uh, do the whole trade dragon thing and then returns the armor oh speaking of the armor how cool was uh, episode 6 you know boba fett boba fett yes i was about to come there like when they handed it over to him the first version and then you see the second version i'm like damn dude like ridiculous and it's like uh, i've seen i haven't seen the people so i don't know about uh, his whole back story but at least in the original series i barely remember boba fett like just because people keep talking about it i'm like oh, yeah okay yeah. he's basically he's the there, clone under the uh, stormtroopers basically that's it yeah that, that's him but like in the original series he's there as a bounty hunter right he has no yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, i i barely remember it but in this one it's like when he finally comes in and his whole music with the horns and everything and he just starts like shredding stormtroopers it's like amazing And no, that's imagine, what I think. I think getting a show in the season. I think they are gonna be running season three, right? Or is it a separate show for them? No, that's a separate show, like the Book of Boba Fett. That's a that's the new show that's coming in the you know, December of next year. 
and that's what i'm excited about now because um, if mandalorian is going in this whole uh, direction of we are going to do like a big uh, you know overarching stories on that i'm more interested in like watching uh, boba fett basically uh, on tatooine you know uh, just uh, blasting every like criminal or taking over the uh, like underworld empire of uh, tatooine or what not just like doing random you know uh, criminal shit in the star wars universe rather than the whole skywalker saga and the whole mandalore <laughs> and its whole throne and what not yeah makes sense uh, but i don't know uh, i'll have to see you never know with these shows if they make it good you watch it but you need this good character there and yeah. boba fett can be that but i don't think so they'll make him a good character like he is a criminal overlord or something no no i don't need him to i don't i don't need him to be a good character for all i care he can become the you know overlord of tatooine and then uh, kill all the jedi again i i, I honestly don't uh, care as long as it's fun and you know uh, episodic and not uh, concerns concerns itself with like the whole universe new republic and the alliance the empire and all that see whenever uh, star wars gets into this whole king of you know this whole what you said like the new republic and what not and we have to do this and that and you know uh, this jedi has uh, whatever convoluted stuff they go into I'm just like i start losing interest in the whole thing as long as it's like contained uh, one off stories i'll i'll absolutely love it yeah i can absolutely understand that and i think that has probably been that way for us now that because we have watched shows or binged on shows which are more episodic in nature and a taste has more been attuned to that and like for this new generation which i constantly debate in my mind like people who have not watched the old shows and are getting into these ones you know right now it's not like mando is just catering to us who have seen the entire history of star wars or you know discovery or picard being you know who knows everything about star trek they also need to cater to new audiences the people who are growing yeah, up yeah i think uh, yeah if you compare it with star trek i think um, picard for like picard was good but it did not make as big of a splash uh, as say like discovery or lord discovery maybe like the negative sense it made a bigger splash but at least it made a splash picard i think just came and went you know and i think it's mostly because the people who are fans of you know star trek the next generation will watch picard the people who aren't might be a little lost no oh, yeah but anyway like <laughs> my point was that uh, the mandalorian is so removed from the rest of the star wars universe in that it does not deal with the skywalker saga at all it mostly keeps to itself its own corner like it's still a star wars show but only in its uh, you know only in its surface or only in its shell like outer shell inside it's like a typical western samurai kind of a story and you watch it because of uh, you know mando and his armor and his religion and you know him solving problems throughout the galaxy you watch it for all the inventive new aliens that they come up with you watch it for like frog lady and you know their whole thing and you watch it for uh, episodes like the prisoner uh, where you know you have you have to basically do a heist and then it turns into a horror movie where mando breaks out of prison and starts you know capturing everyone so you watch it for all that fun and even i think there is a way to you know involve the rest of the whole universe in this show uh, which i think it's done really well in episode 7 where you have like bilber who is like he is your uh, you know gateway to the bigger universe and that he is the character who is who was like a former stormtrooper and all the uh, bigger events of the star wars you know universe or history are referenced to him and we see his, like that whole things impact on him and it also makes this whole statement about war and you know uh, ptsd and what not and it's used effectively in the story instead of just oh look 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 skywalker so you know if it's involved in that kind of a way if it's involved to make a point you know to tell a good story i think that would be that would be more appealing to me 
than just yeah look skywalker is here we are all saved show khatam i am feeling a bit apprehensive for season 3 of uh, mandalorian because there is no grogu i don't know what are they are going to do with that because um, yeah. grogu is now with luke skywalker and we find out later in force awakens that luke skywalker's temple gets burned to the ground and all the students are killed so i don't know it's not about what grogu becomes to be i don't really care about much about that but there was a whole dynamic between mando and grogu right that you had these small little funny and light scenes to yeah and it was just to hook us on and just uh, take it forward you know those uh, pause breakers on and over the two seasons they created a really good like father son relationship mm-hmm. uh, like a healthy father son dynamic and uh, it it became the core of the show you know it's like when uh, the mandalorian basically threatens uh, moff gideon and basically uh, tells his whole speech back to him and tells him you know you have no idea how much he means to me and what not it's like that's what you are there for that's what you feel that's it that's it yeah. that is the pull of the story and now it's like he's gone i don't know what they'll do i'm still excited because john favreau is a really good creator mm-hmm. he'll maybe i don't know i whatever direction they take it in i'll still watch it obviously but right now i'm more excited for something like the book of boba fett rather uh-huh. than mando season 3 whenever that happens but okay if um, you know let me just pull up all those new shows and see i let me take your yeah, opinion just on go through them yeah let's let's just see because um okay so there is a book of boba fett which both of us say that it is something which we both want and uh, yeah interesting character line um set in the same timeline i guess yeah i think it's set right after uh, mando season 2 yeah so we'll get to see how that pans out and it would be a change of pace i think mando was a change of pace from the whole star wars and i think that would be as well and that would delve into a new area in the star wars whole um storyline so that would be fun then the mando season 3 okay we don't know what is going to happen but uh, yeah it's basically between her and i think bo katan and the dark saber and rebuilding of mandalorian the the yeah the planet and you know the whole thing you know but one thing about that thing is i would love to know the history of mandalorian you know they talk this is our way and i get the whole thing but there is this i think it's mentioned in one of the animated shows with the origin of the whole dark saber and what not dark saber okay i get it but which they mentioned in the last episode but i'm talking about you know the whole initial phase of mandalorian john favreau uh, in the clone wars he like that's how he met dave filoni he played uh, one of the characters in clone wars who is like a mandalorian called pre vizsla who like his vizsla clan is like the original owners of the dark saber and then it, it's passed down to Bo-Katan and what not but yeah i think they go into a bit of backstory about mandalore what not and i think clone wars are rebels one of the few shows i'm i'm excited about to see like what they do with the whole thing again loss of grogu and now they're moving straight into this but i also want to know about the history between which they keep referring the war between mandalorian and jedi that i know people are fed up about that but i want to know more about it yeah even i think that would be interesting because it's like right now mandalorians and jedi are more or less on the same side because they have yeah. to be because of the empire and first order and what not but it would be more interesting to have like this new more a nuanced show because the jedi are also trying to do right the mandalorians have their own perspective and then clashing you know it, that would be i think more interesting for sure i don't know if there's a factor of time travel in here but if they could do that that would be amazing oh god but anyway move on move on next show yeah and then we have ashoka i think this is for ashoka tano yeah i would be surprised if it was for uh, ashoka the great kalinga wala <laughs> that i would watch and it's like it's such a it's such a thing that irks me a lot because so much of the whole naming um, conventions and what not everything they say they just blatantly just take you know words from other languages or like music or culture from other languages and they're like ooh alien exotic like, <laughs> that's just so lazy just like at least try yeah that happens with everywhere you can't really help it out but you know 
Did you know Ashoka Tano was trained by Anakin? Uh, like Luke Skywalker's father? I did, I did. I tried watching Clone Wars like, but I did not watch Clone Wars, but I, because I had to, you know, just to get context of where these characters are coming. I just read through the timeline. I've seen I've seen a bunch of, you know, those whole that whole thing you were talking about, but it's just it's not, it's not fun. Yeah, I guess this is again too much Jedi, but okay. Let's see. This is on the fence. And then we have Rangers of the New Republic. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that's going to be, but if it has that uh, the Korean guy who shows up, you know, he's basically the dad <laughs> in Kim's convenience. Yeah, if that guy is the lead of the show, I will watch it. But I don't know. This is again the whole thing with this is not probably more Jedi of the New Republic, so there is uh, I don't know there's how much Jedi influence there. It will be more again fighting oriented. I don't know. Like I'm not into that too. Much. No, I think it would be like if they make it like a police procedural type of a show, mm-hmm. that would be uh, really interesting with like Marshal Karadun and whatnot. Like maybe get like Cobb Vanth back and he's you know yeah. keeping peace on Tatooine or trying to and you know stuff goes wrong and whatnot. Or like a detective kind of a show like. Uh, you know all these uh, sherlock a detective kind of show like, would really be good yeah that is something which i would really watch yeah so like there's a crime that's happened uh, in one of the planets of the uh, you know outer rim and so the rangers have to come to basically solve this crime but i it could be interesting let's see and then we have the obi wan obi yeah that should be interesting like i won't um, i'll probably watch it i'll watch the first episode at least for uh, Ewan McGregor because I really like him as an actor. So is it the same uh, the one who played Obi Wan Kenobi in the real life? Uh, is he the same actor? Who's the actor? Yeah, it's the same guy who played him in the prequels. Cool. Then that would be fun because I I, I like the character in general. Yeah, and, and and recently I think the news came out they're even bringing uh, Hayden Christensen back who played Anakin in the prequels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that should be interesting. I don't know what they're going to to do, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Okay. What see. else? What else? Then we have Andor. Oh yeah, th- I'm really excited about that. Wait, wait, let me. What is Andor? Give me a brief. Andor is basically it's the show about uh, you've seen Rogue One, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the captain, the guy in that who's like with the K two S O, Captain Cassian Andor. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. So it's about him. I think it was uh, supposed to be like Cassian Andor and K two S O doing the Republic's d- dirty work before like Episode Four. So I think that should be interesting because I really like uh, Cassian Andor's character uh, in the Rogue One. So I'm excited about that. And you know, like when I'm reading the description, it's basically a spy thriller. So that would be fun. Uh, and the screenwriter of Bone series is coming. Oh, nice. So that would be really fun. That should be interesting. So see, that's the thing I like when uh, these kinds of like big, you know, tentpole uh, franchises can, uh, you know, they can basically revive these genres like spy thriller, westerns. Mm-hmm. or like samurai movies and they can incorporate into it into their own like sci-fi aspect shows and create like use that to create their shows so that's when i like i am really i get really into this kind of stuff yeah makes sense so that is something which i'm excited about then we have these small ones which are quickly uh, run through there's a star wars visions so apparently the description says that it's a anime style episode like episodic uh, made by acclaimed japanese creators and it's a bunch oh. of fresh new angles on star wars universe so yeah this this could be uh, like the what if series in uh, Uh, what avengers is doing yeah yeah but more animated and they mentioned that by acclaimed japanese creators so that is something to look forward to i mean they should just get um, uh, shinichiro watanabe and just like let him run loose with the whole thing <laughs> uh, uh, for people who don't know shinichiro watanabe is the guy who made uh, cowboy bebop samurai shampoo like he's really good at this kind of stuff mixing you know genres so he should be a perfect fit for this Okay, moving forward, then we have the Acolyte. Okay, I have no idea what that is. Um, said at the end of the recently debut High Republic era of Star Wars, comes from the co-creator of Netflix's Russian doll Leslie Headland. Not much is known. It's a mystery thriller set in the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers, and it's a female-centric show with some martial arts and all that. Okay, like I have no idea what it's going to be about. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah, let's we'll get more information. Then we have. I don't know whether these are the real ones. Are they? I know all of this. Oh, there's so many shows. Then there is Bad Batch. Oh yeah, that's an animated show that's coming out. Yes, spin-off of Clone Wars. 
Okay. Clone Wars I've not seen, so I don't want to dwell too much into that. And then we have the famous Lando. Oh yeah, about Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I guess. Let's see. It's a, a mini series again. So let's say. Oh, and then they announced uh, numerous uh, movies. There's the Rogue Squadron. Oh yeah, with Patty Jenkins, right? Yeah, and then there is a droid story. So I don't know. Is there a love story between R two D two and C three P O? I have no idea. But look, okay. Oh, I heard like how I T T is making a Star Wars movie. Yeah, that's a third one. That's a new. That is a new thing that is coming up. So that's a. Yeah, so that that should be interesting. Yeah, this is like this is fine, I guess. But uh, I think Star Wars, as it is right now, has like a lot of older fans. I think people our age or like younger are more like have more gravitated towards you no know, Marvel and stuff like that. So honestly, I'm just more excited towards uh, all the you know Marvel shows that are coming out. Yeah, and you know, lastly to end this, and probably in the more I would say out of series discussion, this is that these big organizations like Disney and all of them, they're just making endless shows on the same trope. You know, the whole uh, beat Star Wars and then beat Avengers, and even you can't blame Trek also. Like there is like I won't say no. I love keep them coming. I want them. <laughs> and um, it's great. Like, uh, but what do you feel? Like, just endlessly milking the same storyline, which just went, uh, which was a huge success in the late nineties. See, the thing is, uh, spin-offs, like spin-offs, have always been a thing. Like, ever since you know, in the seventies, you had Mash, and Mash had like various spin-offs, like uh, After Mash and Walter and whatnot. Then you had like, uh, you know, Cheers had spin-offs like Frasier and all that. So spin-off, spin-offs have always been there. But this new whole concept of um, interweaving um, movies and shows and whatnot is i think it's a really interesting um, way to expand their universes and as long as i think they keep making interesting shows as in like they keep uh, you know like i said uh, when they incorporate elements of like other genres like uh, spy thrillers or uh, you know westerns or uh, something like war movies they kind of they, if they can incorporate it into their show like make each show a unique uh, genre or a unique uh, setting or like um, its own thing I think as long as they keep doing that, it should be interesting. Like Wonder Vision right now, it's coming out next month, which we might or might not reveal. Let's see. Uh, it looks really interesting because it's playing on a lot of uh, American sitcom tropes, and uh, you know, it's it's doing a lot of interesting stuff that you would normally not expect. Uh, you wouldn't expect Correct, it from a yeah, superhero yeah. movie, right? And or even like maybe say an original idea. Like how often would you get a show? That is meta about uh, the whole progression or evolution of uh, serialized television in America. So in that way, I think it's a very interesting thing. And uh, you know, if you're doing that kind of stuff, then you no, know, I say like keep doing more of it. I'll you know be up for watching. Yeah, that's true. But you know, again, I have this. I always have this battle. I don't know. Like personally, for me, I don't mind because of this bad binging habit. I'm up to speed in almost all of it. But. Yeah. There will come a time in the history of Star Wars universe or Trek universe that when a newborn wants to get into this or somebody new wants to get into this universe, they'll never be able to complete it. Yeah, like if even if us, if we wants wanted to watch this in a humanly pace, let's say one episode a day, we're never completing any. Like we're never completing Trek. And let's just think about it. To, for us, uh, it took like two years or so to get through all of Trek. Mm. You know, so it's it's obviously very hard. But um, I think it's interesting because um, I don't know, like. Um, <laughs> If the shows are different enough, then it's like you could keep watching it. You could um, just watch whatever you like and ignore the rest, maybe. But as long as I think Marvel and stuff goes, these are all like uh, mini series, right? They're like six episode shows, and they're not going to have like seven season long things and whatnot. So I, I guess it's fine. 
not that big of a deal i guess yeah i'm not sure Dis- i know disney is rich but i don't they are that rich that they can afford like make a seven season whole series with such famous actors yeah exactly so even with all these all these new shows that star wars and marvel have uh, you know introduced they're never going to cross the threshold of star trek which is why star trek is supreme and <laughs> oh this was a star wars show and we managed to jam in so much trek ah, people going to hate us i mean i think we should retitle this episode to now we like anshul and uh, pushkar review um, just like serialized television and the new age of uh, streaming <laughs> yeah let's just say instead uh, star trek is about to air with 800th episode so you know yeah it's that star wars and i think that's tomorrow right oh yeah on 31st end of the year yeah so i'm excited about that and guys yes discovery season 2 review is gonna come in season 3 yeah the episodic thing was something which uh, i wanted to but then again it uh, demanded too much time yeah, commitments 14 episodes dude it's gonna take a long time uh, right now it's it's at the threshold moment where you uh, did not like what happened in the last episode and i was like this is really funny <laughs> yes yes that would be fun so okay i need to write so, these down so that or else i'll forget about the feelings that i'm getting after each episode start making notes bro. but okay thank you guys for listening to this random babbling about the mandalorian season 2 review which i don't know if made sense then great if not then i can't help it get something good to i still think you should just change the title to be reviewed tv or what i don't know oh uh, yeah but yeah guys if you want us to review anything else say uh, If you want us to review cars, if you want us to review gardens, if you want us to review snakes, just whatever, uh, comment and messages. Send us a, uh, send us like a flare. Send us, um, you know, write it on a beach and take a picture of it. Whatever. You know what? This entire review series is going to do one thing good. It's going to increase the amount of knowledge you have about different means of communication. And with that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Yeah. And I'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Send us a telegraph. Oh damn! Just try. Okay, bye guys. Thank you to all the listeners. I'll catch up with you again soon with someone new and lots of interesting discussions. So, bye.